Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 8.25? Precisely. Yeah. I'm waiting for school. You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Well, whatever it is, it's gotta get by us. Right. Go get her, Ray! Welcome to Get a Load of This Movie, a movie franchise podcast. My name is Corey, and today we will be talking about Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. I am joined today by... Who is this? Hey, what's up? I'm Cole. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm Zach. I'm Zach. Oh my gosh. I am so glad you guys are here. This is a great turn of events. I'm glad you guys showed up today. Go ahead, Cole. Start and the green light. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Okay, so today we are, like Corey said, talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Of course, when Spielberg directed the first one, he said, George, I want to do a trilogy. Of course, they made Temple of Doom. And then after Temple of Doom, Lucas wrote a treatment for a Haunted Mansion-style film he entitled Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. That was just an eight-page treatment, and he fights a ghosts in scotland in the final act and spielberg suggested they had the father he brought on jeffrey bohm who he had worked with as an executive producer on the story inner space to then polish the script turn it into what we know now and lucas of course continued to contribute to the story as that went on uh in the meantime spielberg was busy making movies in between temple of doom and this he wrote or directed the Academy Award-nominated feature, The Color Purple, and he also directed Empire in the Sun, which starred a young Batman actor. Zach or Corey, can you tell me which young Batman actor that was? George Clooney. I can. I want to... Oh, <laughs> not, not quite. Um, one more. One more Michael, up. One more. Mike, Michael Keaton. You're going no, back. No, other way. Other we way. Gotta go up. We got to go up. No, we're no past George Clooney. Clooney. Up Clooney, past George Clooney, uh, Christian Bale. Yes, yes. Starting young Christian Bale. See, I know Uh, my Batman actors. Yes, you do, Corey. Can't get that past me. (laughs) Um. Anyway, this film, of course, commercial success, four hundred and. $74.2 million at the box office against another increased budget of $48 million. This film was also more of a critical success than the last film, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, and holds a 4.0 average on Letterboxd, which is a .4 increase from Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. It's a .4 increase from Temple of Doom? Yeah, uh, Temple of Doom was 3.6. Wow, yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder. We'll, we'll we'll get into that obviously when we get actually talk about the movie. Yeah, but. when we break it down. Um, but anyway, you have a full cast of newcomers. Um, starting with, Riv- I want to talk about him though. He's only in the movie for a short time. River Phoenix plays young Indiana Jones. He had actually played Ford's son in the film The Mosquito Coast. And was an established actor in his own right at the time. I mean, for a child actor, he had quite a few roles. Um, I don't know about you guys. The most famous one for me, anyway, was Stand By Me. He's one of the kids in Stand By Me. He's pretty phenomenal in that. He plays the kid Chris. You guys ever seen I think Stand that's the By only Me? Other movie I, know. I, I have. I think that's the only other movie I know him in, though, off the top of my head. Uh, he's also the brother of Academy Award winning actor Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, and then you have Sean Connery, who plays Henry Jones Sr. Uh, Connery even wrote in his autobiography he considered himself the father of the character, considering Lucas and Spielberg wrote the character to kind of outdo James Bond. And him being James Bond, it kind of worked out that way. Um and he loved the idea of being this curmudgeon Scottish father to this kind of 
young, suave adventurer. Um, but Gregory Peck was actually considered for the role. I I do want to know, could you guys see any other actor playing this role? I mean, he's only in the film, this one film, but could you, could you see any other actor? Gregory Peck is the guy from To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Yes, he played Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Yeah, that and The Omen. All right. Um, I don't know. That's a hard question for me to answer, given that I, I'm not as familiar with who would have been that perfect age at that time. How old yeah. How old would Christopher Lee have been? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Christopher Lee is and always will be 100 years old, so, you know. Well, he's life. dead now, so he's he's dead years old now. I don't I don't think it's like that iconic of a role that I would have been like, oh, no one else could play him, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was kind of though. That's why I kind of posed the question. Um, but Marcus but anyway, Brody, no one else could have played Marcus Brody. Then you have <laughs> Allison Duty, who plays Elsa Schneider. She actually did play a Bond girl in the Roger Moore film. A View to a Kill and was one of the first actresses to meet for the part. Um, she is probably one of my favorite indie love interests, honestly, um, throughout this what? series. And I love I love one of, it's like, so what, like one of three? Hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, one of three, man. They People... reuse the same one in four. <laughs> and, and hope I, I, I mean, um, I, I think assume... you, can, you can consider Shia Shia LaBeouf, the love interest in four. You can definitely. A a father and a son always have love for each other. Uh, Anyway, and then finally, you have Julian Glover as Donovan. Um, He originally wanted to play the role of Vogel, the kind of evil Nazi character, and he had actually worked with Lucas on the film Empire Strikes Back. Corey. Can you tell me what Game of Thrones character Julian Glover would later go on to play? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Can you give me a hint? Tyrion wanted to feed his manhood to the goats. You lost me. Uh, he is the Grand Maester of King's Landing. Pycelle. Pycelle. That's the same guy? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. It's a fun little fact. Um, but that ends the new cast that I really wanted to talk about. Um, guess it's time for the call sheet. Ugh, does Harvey know about you and his little money? <laughs> Where are they? Killing is making a choice. Where are they? Choose between one life or the other. Your friend, the district attorney. Okay, so the call sheet, I am going to ask four questions, one bonus question, and uh, today we actually have a multiple choice question, Ooh. Um, because I don't think you guys would get this one if I didn't have uh, some options for you. Uh, Right now it is tied to a piece. No, wait. Zach's up one. That, yeah, it's Zach. three. To, it's three to two. It's three to two in favor and of. And it's Zach. also worth noting that one of those two was a game that I didn't even play with Cole. He, you know, he hey, was hey, playing hey, you, Corey. Let's uh, let's stop you. Let's stop that. Yeah, Cole, stop. it's let, actually three one since I've been playing. Let's put that out there. But Cole has won two games. Cole has won two games. Zach has won three games. That's what it was. That's what this is. Anyway, let's start with question one. <laughs> Hmm, this movie reminds me of something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Steven Spielberg said that he was really worried people would think of what 1975 movie when they heard the term Holy Grail. He was, like, really concerned that people were going to, like, mix up the movie. Uh, So what? Okay, I have two answers in. Here we go. We didn't even have to do the hint. That was nice. Question two. The Indiana Jones movies may take place in the past, but this movie is considered to be the first to use a complete digital composite effect. Which scene used the complete digital composite effect? And I have two answers. Okay, question three. Oh, wait, that was question two. Sorry, let me scroll down. Question three. 
keeping the team together is is very hard as time passes up to this point there have only been two actors to be in all three indiana jones movie including harrison ford uh up to this point we've seen this other actor die twice who is the actor i do have a hit for this one if you guys want it wait wait you're saying that there's only to this point there's only been two actors who have been in all three you said huh did you guys like the hint <laughs> yes you guys i'm gonna have... need it yeah yeah okay <laughs> I asked a question about him during our Raiders of the Lost Ark episode, and I will take like his any character name or something like that. Um, I I know that. Give me whatever you can come up with, for okay. It. I I I know who what characters he played, so I'll give you it if you're. If you're close, so you're saying you're saying I I would I can put what he was in Raiders. Yes, you can put what he was in Raiders. Okay, I have a question from both of you. Our final regular round question, and then I have to count them up really quick because I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, as as the resident Eagle Scout on the podcast, I noticed that Indiana Jones was a Boy <laughs> Scout at the beginning of the movie. What rank? was Indiana Jones. He had it clearly on his chest, and here are your multiple choices. You get multiple choice. Ooh. Option one, first class. Option two, a star scout. Option three, a life scout. And option four, an eagle scout. I have one question. Uh, or I have two, two answers. Okay, let me see if we have a winner to start off. Okay, we have a tie. Damn. Okay, so that means the bonus question's gonna decide it all. Zach, we add in like a special. Boom! Bonus question. Just like an effect or something. Can we add that in? Can we have you actually do do that part? I feel like it'd he be more did. fun. He just did. I'm just going to leave that in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bonus question. This movie was filmed all over the world. How many different countries was Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, build, filmed in? And this is closest to the pin. Okay. Oh, we, have, we have one. We have two. There is a winner. I don't know. We need some more sound effects. Anyway, we're going to go through <laughs> the questions, um, and then we will see who won to take uh, the bonus question. Question one. Hmm, this movie reminds me of something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Steven Spielberg said that he was really worried people would think of what 1975 movie when they heard Holy Grail. Uh, the answer was Monty Python and the Holy rail you guys both got that one correct question two the indiana jones movies may take place in the past but this movie is considered to be the first to use a complete digital composite effect what scene used this effect uh zach said indy on the camouflage bridge at the end and cole said donovan decomposing the answer was donovan's death decomposing cole got that one correct uh, cole is up two to one Question three, keeping the team together is very hard as time passes up to this point. There were only two actors that appeared in all three of the Indiana Jones movies, including Harrison Ford. Up to this point, we had seen this actor die twice. Who was this actor? Zach said the Sherpa or Zach said, Sh oh, no, Cole said the Sherpa. Zach said big, strong Nazi guy who gets propellered. So both of you guys answered the exact same thing. His name, Pat Roche, he was a uh, British. He was a British wrestler who was very famous at the time. Um, so you guys both got that one correct. You guys are uh, Cole is up. Cole is up three to two. Yes. Um, final question: As the Resident Eagle Scout on the podcast, what rank was Indy in the star of the movie? Cole said a star scout, and Zach said a life scout. The answer was. 
Life Scout, because we tied. So I guess mm. you guys knew that Zach was going to get that correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it came down to the final question. How many different countries was the last crusade filled in? Zach, how many countries did you guess? Six. Cole, how many countries did you guess? Five. The answer was six. And Zach takes it away again. So now it is four to two. That was the call sheet into action. Even the opening scene, there's always some random girl who gets a call that undoubtedly ends up getting her killed. It's all so predictable. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything coming. Ah! Did that surprise you? <laughs> now shut the fuck up and watch the movie. All right. Well, uh, Corey brought it up uh, in the in the in the call sheet. Another excellent call sheet, by the way. Well done, Corey. You guys like that one? <laughs> the, the Sherpa hint. It was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> the fact that it was like, <laughs> went, but, so like once you gave the hint on that one, I was like, okay, well. <laughs> And I read, that, uh, I read that I read that Stephen and uh, George Lucas both wanted him to be in the fourth one, but he died in 2004. So that's sad. R.I.P. Really R- R- um, Pat Roche. Did he? Was he just like one of the guards in Temple? Of, like the big? Did, was he the? Was he, was he like one of the guards at the palace or something? He or was, was in he, Temple of Doom? The he guy was, who fights Indy. He was the guy the, who fights Indy. Uh, right, like right before the mine or. On the conveyor that, belt? On yeah, I, I was thinking like right before the minecart, but I no, it was um That was my guess. Yeah, he was that and then he was one of the guards in the uh blimp. He was one of those oh. guys. He had like a toupee on and he had like little tiny glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he was That's good. funny. But uh Zach, you uh what you want to talk about? Oh yeah, I was just saying, uh when you brought it up again, Corey, uh the Opening scene with River Phoenix as the young Indiana Jones, where he's, you know, he's a scout and they're out there in Utah. So I actually, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this right at the beginning. I think this is my favorite sequence of the movie is actually just this entire opening. I think it's a perfect little, it's a nice little, it's a movie within itself, kind of like we were saying with the beginning of uh, Raiders, whereas this, this really doesn't affect the story at all. It just kind of establishes Indiana Jones like that he's always been like this as like since he was younger and then you get a, a brief glimpse into the dynamic between him and his dad where the dad kind of shushes him off when he's there to literally tell him that he has found the cross of Coronado kind of a big big uh thing to you know tell your dad who's also shares similar interests but the dad dismisses him and then we have you know he he gets to learn his lesson here with the you know you lost today but you don't gotta like it I think it's an awesome line and then you know, obviously he transitions into the man we know. So what do you guys think about this opening scene? I thought it was pretty fun to see that moment, especially uh, it, the scene where he's on the circus car is just really fun to watch because you get to see that he is always, it's like you said, he's always kind of been like this. But the moment where he's in the snake pit and you realize that was the moment. You know, and it's fun to fun to get these little character eggs, especially, you know, I mean, they did it in solo with like the dice, you know, he gets the hat and it's like a cute little thing. It's I I like in solo. It it wasn't as well done in solo. No, but it was well done here in solo. They did it to make it seem like he had always had it for the last Jedi, you know? Like that's right. the, that was the purpose of it, and so it didn't feel like here we were just getting more background information on Indy and not trying to like retroactively make a certain object really important to him and say, oh, he always carries that. He's always he's never left the home or the house without it. You know. Yeah, fair enough, Corey. I do want to ask as a Boy Scout or Eagle Scout, as you mentioned. Um, I'm yes, I am do an Eagle Scout. You, do you do you feel these adventures he goes on as a young life scout were were accurate? You know, to to your adventures as an Eagle Scout. Um, well, I, I I went horseback riding for sure. Um, but like when I was a a life scout, I went to uh, I went backpacking through. New Mexico, like through the mountains of New Mexico for two weeks and just carried everything on my back. So, I mean, 
I never like ran into treasure hunters while I was out there, but I wasn't. Okay. I, I, if like we needed help out there, we would have to like radio in somehow and get a helicopter out because there were no roads or anything. So we were kind of out in the wilderness. So yeah, I went on adventures like this. Okay, I I just wanted to know if it was accurate to the portrayal of young Eagle Scouts. Yeah, I definitely did not wear my uniform out there. That would have been horrible. <laughs> I think uh, it's worth bringing up that River Phoenix nail. I, in my opinion, nails these like mannerisms from you know Harrison Ford's performances in Indiana as like you know this adolescent Indiana. I think it, I put it this way: I completely buy him as Indiana Jones. I don't I don't get like a, a, any sense of detachment here or something. This is this is definitely just a younger version of him that we're seeing, and all these little character quirks that we see on display here like their origins there, there's this other podcast i listen to called the halloweenies where they're they also just they've been talking about these movies recently and when, the, when they were bringing up this opening scene they also brought up the solo comparison and they were wondering why it, it seems to work better here than it does there and the one of the justifications one of them said that i i think is a, an interesting way of looking at it is this isn't supposed to be like a oh this is the reason for all of these things uh, and it all occurs within this one incident and that's why he is the way he is later like and this is all why but more as like this is just one of the things he does and that these these things that happen to him are just so common for him that it's he's just like always been like this more of a thing maybe not the snake thing because it looks like he's calm with the snake at first earlier but falling into a pit made him maybe a little bit more more weary of them but like the whip thing and the hat thing and you know, it, put it this way. It doesn't seem like this is completely out of the norm for him or that this is out of character for him at the time. Like, this was a big character leap. It's just this is who Indiana's always been. Okay. I mean, I did appreciate all of these scenes, and I appreciate, you know, Harrison Ford does have his iconic chin scar, and they go through this, like, they add this little moment where young Indy gets hit on the chin, and then he... He gets the scar, and it's it's kind of like this this cool little thing they added to explain this one little aspect of his character. That is, because it's a very distinct feature on Harrison Ford's face. I mean, it is very cool that the filmmakers did add this just so they can add this distinct feature to him. You know, you know what's crazy. Indiana got his hat, his scar, uh, his fear of snakes, and the idea to use a whip as his choice weapon, all within the span of like an hour and a half. That's insane. So many life events happening so quickly. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't, I don't like to look at it like that. I think the whip thing, I, I mean, I, it's just, you know, I, I don't think he went home and was like, you know what, I need to get a whip for all my adventures just in case I run into a lion, <laughs> you know, like... I, th I think I think these are more like just funny coincidences to me. I mean the 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 chin thing I guess not so. But again, I don't even think we needed that. Like I don't I don't need all these little unknowns like all the blank spaces of the map filled in as as um you know what's his face would say in the pirates movies. Um, Beckett. Like I I I like so I don't need a, an origin for every little detail about a character. But I don't know. I think it it works better for me here. Because A, like I said, the performance is really good. B, I think it's just a fun sequence just from a set piece, uh, you know, speaking from that perspective with the train and the, you know, all the different circus aspects of it. And then also just C, it, it, it sets the tone for the rest of the movie, even though it doesn't really, you know, follow up on any specific plot thread from the opening. But it doesn't really need to, like have that i think it just kind of gets you ready to watch another indiana jones movie and it's not like this movie is that long so it really kind of it didn't feel like it hurt the pacing to start like that mm -hmm. i liked it. it it honestly it feeds into that moment on the boat you know right and that's just a great I, th I like that there's a guy in part of that team that found the cross that's trying to get it back from him that's kind of like what well, a version of what he could become one day in the sense that he he re he respects that the heart that Indiana has or whatever like he smiles when he gets away cuz a he probably knew that he was going to get it back soon anyway but b like he he might just see part of himself in Indiana and then that's why he gives him the hat at the end and gives him those those wise words which I like I, I had already said but the, I I really like that line and then 
that great cut from like you know pushing the hat down on him to when he looks back up and we're adult Harrison Ford and he's smiling right before he gets punched in the face. Now what I would say is that I don't think the boat scene is that great besides that initial you know entrance into it. I'm glad that we start with this opening with young Indiana because I think if we just started on the boat, it's kind of a not not my favorite um, scene of the movie because I I. I know we have to accept a lot of these movies and this doesn't bother me that much, but it, I mean, it seems like the boat was going to go down with or without Indiana doing anything. That was just a bad storm. And then he just, they're about to throw him <laughs> overboard, you know, like to kill him. And then like two seconds or like two minutes later, he just jumps overboard anyway. Could he you just know? left him on the <laughs> boat? Like, Honestly, you know, they were all going down anyway. Might as well take him down with them. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's just, I don't think it's that great of a sequence overall. But it's not like bad. It doesn't hurt the movie. You know what I mean? I definitely I I mainly mention it just for how the opening scene feeds into that, feeds into this kind of character of who he is. So you have what he could become versus who he is. The guy's willing to sell the cross and then he's screaming through the storm like it belongs in a museum. This really shows his character, how he has gone like through these lengths to not become this version of himself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I could see that. What do you call now? You said earlier that, uh, what's her name? Elsa. You said Elsa is one of your, I think you could safely say she's in your top three Indiana Jones love interests. So I, what, I is it, what is it about her that you, uh, you like, she's like the guy who opens, you know, who opens the movie, what Indy could become. She takes this money from the Nazis and Indy, Indy points that out like all throughout. Once he learns that she works with the Nazis, he points that out a lot that she has gone this, this dark path that he never chose to go, you know? And she is just, I think, I think she's more like Belloc then in that sense. She reminds me of Belloc from Raiders and that she's in it for the archeology span and the discovery of it, you know, maybe more, but, you know, she sides with the Nazis because they're helping her get to what she wants, you know, even if she herself is yeah. not, you know, a Nazi, but she excuses it anyway because they're they're helping. You know, she's crying at the book burning. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. You get you kind of get what you deserve towards the end. But yeah. Corey, yeah. Corey yeah. Do, you, do you have any thoughts on her, Corey? Oh, on her? No, I, I liked her. I didn't think. I don't know. I, I'd say she's definitely in my top three of Indiana Jones love interest for sure. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, you talked about like the Nazis. I had something I wanted to talk about with that, but it doesn't have to do with her. So I, I, I'll jump in later. Unless you guys, did you guys have I, anything else? I, I mean, I don't think I have much to say about her. I think she's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think she's my least favorite of the three uh, love interests. Really? But, so not in your top. I three. am more entertained. I am more entertained. There's only three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am more entertained uh, by Willie in Temple of Doom. You know, at least in the second half of the movie, and I am more sympathetic to Marion by a wide margin in Raiders. You know, my whole so, my whole thing is Elsa never had to grow on me. Willie kind of did. You know, you were you were just. But did did she ever lose you a bit? You know, with the whole no, she definitely did. The turn was like, wow, she's evil. And then Mm. when his dad's all like, yeah, I knew it. He's like, how did you know that? Well, she talks in her sleep, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a fun, it's a funny, it's a it's a funny bit with the whole. Yeah, I mean, the the love you can I wouldn't really call it a love triangle, but just the triangle of the three of them. Yeah, I I just like the conversation that Indian Sean Connor. Yes. Sean Connery. No, no, you were right. Yeah, I was right. Sean, okay. Yeah. No, you had was, it. You I, had it, buddy. I was, I was in the middle of saying it. I was like, wait, that's not right. But then, yeah. Um, I just yeah, love no, that. I'm, I'm, as, <laughs> I'm as human as the next man. It's like, yeah, I was, was the next man. I was the next man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good transition, Corey. So, honestly, the main difference here between this movie and the previous two is that, you know, we have the dad in the mix, and it's kind of like from about a third the way in to the end of it, it's pretty much Indy and his dad trying to, you know, find the grail. And fight off Nazis and whatnot. So, the the distinction between the two is that obviously Indiana is more of the adventurer, and the dad is a scholar. Where you know Indiana is also a scholar, but the, the dad ain't about that life the way Indiana is in terms of the violence and the actual you know travel and whatnot and the booby traps and everything. 
So, you know, it provides a bit of comedy, I guess, in the sense that the dad, when like when Indiana shoots all the Nazis and the dad is like absolutely in shock. He's like, look what you did. I can't believe what you did. You know, I, I think Sean Connery is really like really funny. And that's probably obviously one of the stronger aspects of the movie is their relationship. I think it's very funny that Indy is, I, I always like to say, use this term. He's kind of suave when he's out in the film field he has this charm with women you know he he can think on his feet but when he's with his dad he kind of reverts to this you know dorkier less confident version of himself in some of the scenes you know he's still waiting for that approval yeah yeah he he calls him sir right away and he still calls him sir at the end yeah and his dad can think of these solutions and I mean, there's the scene with the vase where his dad's like showing him it's fake, but Indy kind of knows it's real and he knows his dad is wrong. So when his dad like throws it away, he just gives him that like, dad, come on. I, I, I didn't get that sense. I thought I, he could, was, I thought he was upset because his dad was more worried about the vase than Indiana's head. That's the oh, sense I, I got was, as well. I mean, I thought he. That got was the whole. Co- the that was the comedy of the scene. That was the comedy. No, because the dad, the dad, has. I believe the dad when he says it's fake. I don't think like he was like lying or anything. Yeah, because he was like. I think he was more right like, here. "Dad, don't maybe maybe don't throw a vase that shatters when we're in a Trying castle full escape. of Nazis." Yeah. Yeah, Nazis but, walk in like twenty seconds later. But like the way he even says that, like he's he's like a little kid almost. He's like, Giddy come has a school on, boy. dad, dad, like, and the moments they share, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford really have amazing chemistry throughout this, you know, because yeah, they definitely do. you, you they, cut the sexual tension with a knife in that room. That's Jeez. not what, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I just mean, they, they play off each other so well throughout this movie. The scene in the plane by far, like dad, three o'clock. It's actually one thirty, son. No, he says, like, what's happening at 3? Or 11, 11 o'clock, yeah. Yeah, what's, he what's just, happening that's at what he's, he's just not about that life. He doesn't know, he doesn't know the, you know, the, the standard practice here when one is being hunted by Nazi gunners. Yeah, yeah he, and, and he shot the back of the plane, too. And he was like, they, they got us. <laughs> See, that, that was good. And then, and then you he have... uh, took down the Nazi plane with the birds, yeah. you know. Bird strike. Bird Strike. You learned that term in Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Bird Strike. You think the pilot Sully, in the real life pilot Sully, watches this scene from Last Crusade and gets like PTSD? I like, I mean, the birds he... go through the like bring down the plane. <laughs> Jesus. Nah, man. he 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 did that on purpose. So I'm not. Too, I don't think. Hey, he, he landed the birds on purpose. <laughs> yeah, Sully hit, did that on purpose. We all know that. He ruined that poor family of Canadian geese's vacation, like just like that. I mean, yeah, so many birds talks died. About the geese. Can can I say we kind of skipped over yeah. it, but I want to talk no. about something really quick. Uh, the scene yeah. with what's her name? What's the what's the cat's name? What's her name? Elsa. Yeah, Elsa. Elsa and Indy <laughs> and the like in the um in the tomb below the the library that was a church. Um. Where it's like you, you know, like how the tunnel was filled with petroleum and everything. Indy goes yep. under under the petroleum and just opens his eyes, and I am like, that's insane that he would do that. His eyes would be so burned. I was just like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. He's out of options. He probably had contacts in Corey. <laughs> I just, I am, <laughs> I don't know, but I was like, oh my gosh, I it hurt me watching it at the time. It was quick thinking to th- get under the coffin, you know. That was yeah. that was a smart call. That was a good idea. Oh, do you? Know, I I read this. All those rats, all those rats that they hunt, had underneath, they had to breed all those rats. Like Peta, like wow. was it like they like Peta like, made them for the movie type deal or what? Peta, Peta. I guess. Yeah, no, like they had to breed all those rats because if they would have bought rats, they would or found rats or something like that, they would have had diseases and they couldn't have filmed with them. So they had to ah. breed 
like <laughs> generations of rats just to have it for that. Can you season. imagine like George Lucas walking up to like the 20 year old intern who just scored a job on Last Crusade and be like, I need you to run around Venice right now and find me 500 rats. <laughs> <laughs> also, did you guys catch Indy's one liner that he used on what's her name? I can't remember. This is bad. Elsa. 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 Elsa, Elsa, Elsa. Ben, he doesn't like fast women? No, 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 no. When he first meets her, she's like, you have your father's... Oh, the flower thing? No, she's like, you have your father's eyes. And he was like, yeah, my mother's ears, but the rest is yours. The rest belong. (laughs) That's such a great line. I was like, oh my gosh, Indy. Indiana. Grabs her a flower. It's like I said, swap. Puts it in her suit. Swap. And then they're he's good. He's still got the charm. And he, he turned it on right away. Like, he meets her... And he is like automatically in in like like flirt mode. His missing dad be damned, you know. <laughs> His him and Marcus are talking about it beforehand. They think it's gonna be a man, and when it's not, and he's like, okay, cool. Well, the the doctor, yeah, because they hear doctor, so they assume it's a man. It's that uh, old riddle. Do you remember that old? Does anyone remember that old riddle where like a, yeah, a doctor's. Um, the horse's name was Tuesday. No, uh, that, it's, not that one. It's like the doctor's son, right, or something like that. You just say, you just say, a father, a father and a son were in a car crash, and then the, they bring him to the the hospital, and the the doctor gasps and says, "That's my son. How is this possible?" And it's supposed to confound the person you tell it to, like a riddle. And then, of Corey, do you know the answer? Do you, do yeah. you know how this is possible? Yeah, the uh, the horse's name was Friday. Yes, right, that's no, it. No, this was actually in an episode of Ted Lasso, like this season. Higgins Higgins poses it. He tells this riddle in an episode of Ted Lasso. No, the doctor. Oh, a he woman. sure did, didn't he? Right, exactly. Yeah. Poppy the doc- It's it's the worth it's doctor- worth noting that this is meant to point out, like you know, <laughs> like some misogyny. You know, it, it's supposed to point misogyny. out misogyny, right? Exactly. But the, exactly. But what what we ignored was the doctor's name was Tuesday. So we need to you know, think about that. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I'm now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Something that's not funny once, something that's not funny once, and something that's not funny twice definitely has to be funny the third time. I didn't even. It, say, comedy comes in threes. I was threes. the only person. You kept saying the horse. I was saying the doctor. So different. Um, <laughs> you know what? Here's something else I wrote down. You know, for someone who claims to not be a Nazi, Indiana wears a lot of Nazi uniforms. You know, he like does. I, I think he wears more than the average person. Got his book and, signed by Hitler. Yeah, he got that book signed by Hitler. And Hitler was happy his face. His in. face when Hitler hands it back to him, though, like and he realizes he's getting an autograph and he's not like in trouble in that moment, and he's just like, "This is crazy." <laughs> like it's like it's like what a what a wacky situation I found myself in again. <laughs> what a wacky situation. Oh my now, gosh. Do you think okay. you think he was he he was standing there like in this at this Nazi event and thinking like, "Man, I really, I really wish I was back at the Temple of Doom right now." <laughs> That was nothing compared to this one. <laughs> Getting burned with a torch by short round, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a aggressive lack of short round in this movie. I didn't see him at all. Yeah, where? what happened to short round? What? Well, short well round you could say uh, the same thing about him in Raiders. I mean, he's not in Raiders. I know that came out first. I'm just saying, like, time, timeline-wise, he wasn't there then. He, yeah. He's out having his own adventures, you know? I, I understand, but, like... How he was such like a fan favorite in Temple of Doom, you think they would have found some way of, for to bring him back, just like for something in this one. Even it, even if it's not like a main character, they're like, oh, we can use my buddy Short Round to help me do this thing that I need to do. Well, I'm glad that they actually didn't do that in the sense that like I don't feel like they should feel obligated to bring back every good aspect of a previous movie to a new one like letting this one be its own thing which is a good transition because I think one of the things that I that doesn't work for me in this movie I mean at least not it doesn't put it this way if it's not a if it's not a positive I don't know if it's a negative but it's definitely not a positive for me really that much it's just like sure it's nice to see Sala again 
and to make Marcus Brody more of the story in this one than he was in Raiders. But like, I think including both of them so prominently in this movie, it it kind of feel I don't know it 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 felt I don't want to say out of place, but just kind of like, well, they're here too, you know. <laughs> like it, it, I don't. I guess as a plot device, it works for solid. Like it makes sense that he's there and he has to help with the horses and the camels or whatnot. I just, I just feel like he doesn't add that much to the to the movie. Marcus does feel out of place. Marcus feels goofy, but I think the the part that works with Marcus is it does have like the funniest joke of the movie with, like, oh, it's obvious where, where the diary is. He's giving it to Marcus Brody, and they're like, Sean Connery's like, oh, he's not up to the challenge, and Donovan's like. He he stands out like a sore thumb, and then Indy does his whole spiel about like Marcus has friends in every town. He knows every custom, speaks a dozen languages. <laughs> He'll blend in. You'll never see him with any luck. He's got the grail already. And then, and then like, Marcus <laughs> is like, "Hello." Does anyone speak English? Like, cut to Marcus. Like, does does anyone speak English? Oh, Wada, no, thank you, thank you, sir. Whatever. You know, like, like, just, he says, "Like, does anyone speak English or Old Latin or something like that?" Like some t- or Greek. Like, and then Greek. You, yeah, does anyone Greek. speak Greek? And then you cut back to like Indy <laughs> and uh, Sean Connery when they're tied up, and he goes, "Did does Marcus really do that?" And he goes. No, Marcus does stick out like a sore thumb. And it immediately yeah, like he, was right. he gets lost little... in his own museum. Yeah. Yeah. I like That's it. and then okay. Yeah, I it, it, he's they're they're around for a lot of it and then you know we have some set pieces in this movie as we do with all these any favorite uh fun scenes in this in this movie for you guys? Uh the blimp scene. That one was a good one. Ah yes does provide a little bit of humor like the Vogel comes up to him and Indy knocks him out and then he just goes no ticket provides it's a funny. little bit of a joke there and then everyone starts waving their ticket around that was good too um i feel the like the tank I, scene. oh I was, that that's what i was going to i was going to say like that kind of the chase going on there i liked i think that's the main action that's definitely like designed as like the big action scene of the movie you know in the same way that the truck scene would be in raiders that's that's like the big you know that's the feather in their cap in terms of from an action standpoint in this movie excuse me it works Uh, i liked it right yeah that's good i just what i would point out is i just don't think any of the action scenes in this movie stood out among to to be among the best that were in the previous two movies for me Fair I think enough. I think Temple of Doom specifically has better action than this movie, and then I think the the truck scene in Raiders is still better than anything in this movie in my opinion. But none of them were like, besides maybe the boat one like I brought up earlier was like bad or anything you know or ne- or negative at all. But it it just it didn't reach those those action highs that the previous two had at least for me specifically. Now what I do really like is I like the whole plot conceit of Indiana having to go through these three trials to get to the grail, you know, to save his dad. Like it puts a ticking clock on the situation, makes it tense, puts it in a position where he has to do this, even if it's like going to end up in the hands of, you know, a guy working with the Nazis at the end of it, you know, cause his dad's life is like on the line. And he remembers the, the hints that the dad said, and we have the dad remembering them at the same time. It's all, it's all very well drawn up scene. And then all three trials with the, I was a big, I was just a big fan of all of it, you know, the duck and the dive and then the stepping on the right stones. And then the coolest one for me is definitely the bridge, the invisible bridge, the leap of faith, the leap of faith. Yeah. Jehovah starts it, with I <laughs> see, I would have been dead. Cause I didn't know that. I was thinking Yahweh. I would have been looking for G. <laughs> I mean, like I got three letters G O D to get over big, there. Big jumps, big jumps. Yeah, what did you guys think of uh, the, like, the night, like, the whole story in general, maybe, you know, of the grail and whatnot, and, you know, the eternal yeah. life aspect, and then, then when you get there, we see that the knight is there, and he's a, he's a feeble old man, he's been waiting centuries so, and centuries to swing the sword at someone, then he fucking blows it. So old. So old. I like this idea that, you know, all these characters are searching for eternal life, and to this night, you know? not really a gift it's kind of a curse you know he was never able to go home he was never able to have a life he was theoretically 
stuck in one moment in time for his entire life and he has become this feeble old man who really never got to live you know do you think that's what it do you think he wasn't aging because i thought he was aging i thought it was just very slowly very slowly so that's how i would describe it but he said it only works if you stay within the confines of where they are that's why indiana that's why indiana's not like i don't that, I mean, that's why Indiana does isn't going to live forever because he left. The... Right. That's what I was thinking. But um, so why would this guy if this guy really wanted to leave and he didn't want to be there, he could have left. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I think he considered it an honor. He considered it an honor. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, I don't but like it's... he was like he knew his job was important and that he I don't think he was like itching. He's like, I'm, I, I just need to go take a peek outside and see what the world's doing these days. He's I, I do. I do want to bring something up. So they. They mentioned how three knights went on the crusade. Yeah, two, two of, no, three went, two three came went. back to Paris. Oh, okay. but the two lived like an ex- unexpectedly long time. One of them died on the way back, and you know that was the one that was buried in Venice, and then the other one was the one that you know but died lived after really telling long. the story to the friar. So I don't think it doesn't work per se. After you leave, I don't think that they, I don't remember them saying that they lived. No, because one died. I don't think I think they just said no, that they it mentioned made no sense. W- he mentions one living a little bit longer. Well, it's living longer conver- than the other brother. Yeah, it's it's in the conversation because well, one died. He says I, he, I think they I don't think it's implied that they like live that long. I think they just they just came out looking old, you know, well, hundreds it's of years probably, later. Probably, you know. Longer the, for I mean, that time. We know period, Henry Jones so like, dies. Yeah. We know Henry Jones dies. Put it this way: I don't think the, the it doesn't hold power once you leave. So I don't think we need to worry about that going forward for Indiana or whatnot or whatever, anything like that. Yeah, I know. I was just I I remember that line like I caught that because he mentions that one of them does or two of them return. They live a little bit longer. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about? I guess Indiana in general in this movie is pretty great, you know, in terms of Harrison still still holding it down. Guess still the man. That's the only Always thing the I man. can say. Yeah, he's still the man. Still the best aspect of these movies, you know. Uh, anything else you guys got? Or you guys want to move on to the next section? I guess that's it. I don't. Th- I, I thought I had more of it. Yeah. All right, award season. Apparently they straight off course. And we're fairly certain they're in guerrilla hands. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. MVP, uh, I'm going to go Sean Connery. Ah. You know, he's funny. He adds a little bit more to this depth of a character that, frankly, we don't know a lot about. We don't know a lot about Indiana, so it's cool kind of just to see... You know, this old version of who he could eventually become, you know, if this franchise goes a little longer. Um, but think, he's really... I think we're there. Yeah, we yeah. are there. We are there, Corey. Um, but he's really funny. He's very witty. You know, he matches which with Harrison Ford. And that line where he goes, she talks in her sleep, that was improvised. So he he added a lot of humor to this character and a lot of depth to the story. And I really like Sean Connery as an actor, you know. Uh, I thought he was great in the movie. I think he's a great addition to the cast. And, yeah, he's my MVP. Then I'm going to say Harrison Ford. I've already talked. I mean, he's the man. Mainly because I just don't have another obvious MVP for this movie. You know, besides, I would have maybe said Connery, but, you know, Cole took him, so... Go ahead, Corey. <laughs> Is that you're picking Harrison Ford? Yeah, definitely am. Yeah. Okay, then I'll go John Williams. He's great Ooh. as always. Yeah, I did like that there was a little bit of the map room music uh, that played for a second when you see like the inscription on the wall of the Ark, and he's like, "That's the that's the Ark of the Covenant." She's like, "Are you sure?" And I like that, you know. Indiana doesn't need to impress this girl right now. He's, he he could have been like, yeah, I, yeah, I fucking found it, <laughs> you know. He's the fucking I, man. <laughs> I I am the raider of the Lost Ark, you know. I'm not the hater of the Lost Ark. That would be Corey, you know. But oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't hate the movie. I liked the movie. 
One day I'll convince myself of that too. <laughs> that you didn't hate the movie? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Review section. It says that they insist on outside opinions. What kind of opinions? Well, you're kind not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, let's face it, in your particular field, you're the top minds. Cole has been itching like a hound to, to I'm do hitting something the right fucking now. buzzer. Dude, relax. Did you hit it? Oh. Yeah, I hit, oh, it. hit it. Can't you hear it? I hit it. I'm hitting it like multiple times. No, I only it only played the one time. <laughs> <laughs> Why no, are you I, think, I think we, so it's only going to play one time from here on out. I think uh, I think the, the, the glitch in the buzzer where it would play multiple times. I think we fixed the glitch and now it only works once. Okay, but um, I'm hitting this because, in my opinion, this is the perfect way to end this franchise. Spielberg said, if I direct this, I'm directing a trilogy. This is... A third film that brings the character of Indiana Jones to a close in the way that he's gone on this grand adventure. And we know he's probably still going to go on them because he's always going to fight the good fight. He always believes things belong in museums instead of where they're at for some odd reason. But he's he's fighting the good fight. And I think we end it here with him riding off into the literal sunset. And it's perfect. I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and uh, disagree with you there. Um, oh. Just because, like, I, I I, never got the feeling like this was the end or this was a good way of wrapping up his story. Because, like, when we did Pirates and at the end of, my gosh. World's End. Straight, oh, World's End, yes. on the At the end of World's End, we kind of, like, it feels like it almost has gone full circle and he's back on a small boat. And so, I, and it looked like... We're going on another adventure. With that, I thought that was like a good end there. But with this one, it feels like what's next for him? Like, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? What religious aspect or what religious artifact um, is he going to find next? Because, I mean, it started with um, the covenant and then the whatever that religion was in Temple of Doom where he found those uh, those artifacts and then. Um, the Holy Grail. So it's like, what's he gonna do next? And I mean, we know what he does next. So maybe we'll do it then. But yeah, I, I, uh... I, I would at, at this point, I was all for another one, and I don't think this one's like pre- pretending I have no idea what's next. I would like to see what's what's next. That's true. That's true. All right. Um, what I would lend to this argument before we give our ratings here is. I think why I would not hit my buzzer here, even though I know Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I'll save my thoughts on that one for next episode, and I haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet, obviously, as it's not out yet at our time what? of recording. I believe this will be the this will be the last episode that releases before it that movie comes out in terms of our episodes. The reason why I would not hit my buzzer here is while, Cole, you are right, this is a this would be a fine way to end the character, literally riding off to the sunset on a very good movie with, you know, his friends, Sala, Marcus Brody, and his dad. And it seems like him and his dad's relationship is probably going to be for the better, you know, going forward. It's not a bad spot to end it. So you're not wrong there. And this was the ending up until, you know, for 17 years or whatever it was until Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I, whereas some heroes, I don't need to see them after their adventures. I am curious to what an aging Indiana Jones is like and I would I I am excited to see what he's like in Dial of Destiny in that context in the sense that he's not like um, let's say a guy like I'm just picking a random movie here off the top of my head like Neo where like he is fighting evil that's his purpose he is fighting evil now Indiana Jones does fight evil but as a character he is driven by his love for discovery and, you know, archaeology and whatnot and his passion for for f- uncovering these bits of history and, and finding these things that are lost to time. So when he's older and all these adventures are in, in his mind behind him and he thinks he can't do these things anymore and he can't pursue these 
things that he's passionate about in the same way that he used to be when he was younger. How does that affect him? You know, where it's not like, oh, I was fighting the bad guys and now the bad guys are gone so I can rest and finally relax. I've been looking forward to relaxing. He was doing this. He was always doing this, you know. Obviously, he's been recruited for a couple of times because if it falls into worse hands, then he's got to do something to that. But even in those other movies, we see him finding these antiquities and whatnot. So I, I, it's just, long story short, I'm interested to see what Indiana Jones as a character is like when he feels like he can no longer do what really made him passionate in life. So that's why I would not hit my buzzer here. And I'm looking forward to Dial of Destiny. Okay. I look forward to it too. I'm not like disagreeing with you guys. I just, you know, this is, I think this is the perfect bookend for his story. And maybe, maybe I'll regret that when I watch the next one, because I haven't watched Crystal Skull in probably like five or six years. So yeah, maybe you'll watch maybe, it and realize it's like the best one, you know? No, I don't and think that we were all I don't wrong. Think that, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm actually looking forward yep. to Crystal Skull again. I haven't seen that in a long time. I think I only watched it once. I don't really remember exactly what happens. I remember the last scene, or close to the last scene. Mm. But I, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm interested again. Yeah. No. Uh, to to quote, you know, whereas Corey does not remember Crystal Skull very that much. I to quote Taylor Swift, I remember it all too well. So, <laughs> I I am I am looking forward to the discussion. Uh, I guess. And I guess we'll leave it at that. So, Cole, uh, since you started off this segment, you want to go ahead and give your rating? I'm going to go four and a half out of five. Um, just because there are a few jokes that don't land, but most of them do. This, this movie really feels like Spielberg and Lucas really learned from what didn't work in Raiders. They learned from what didn't work in Temple of Doom, and they kind of rolled it all together they said all this works we're gonna put it together in this movie and for me this entire movie worked the only thing that doesn't work is the jokes that fall flat very few of them do but other than that i really really love this movie this might be my favorite in the entire trilogy wow wow (laughs) and I mean, I love the new characters, you know, top three, uh, Indiana Jones love interest by far. Uh, she just doesn't, she just doesn't do it for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I really, I really love this movie. Uh, I watched this the other day and it felt like. You know, I hadn't seen it in a while. It felt like I was watching it for, like, the first time ever. I felt all the joy that I felt the first time I ever watched this movie. I really love it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 as well. I think I like this just the same. I, I, Maybe I should go back and rewatch the first one. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace. I don't know. But I, for some reason, yeah. when I watched that, I didn't like it. But like, I've really liked the last two. So I'm going to give it 4 out of 5. Yeah, I really liked it. I am also going to give it four out of five. So, like, I, I liked this movie a lot. Uh, I think where I come down on it more than the other two is this does feel... It definitely feels more like Raiders than, than Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is, feels very different from Raiders and this one. But for some reason, the returns on this one... Obviously, we're bringing back the Nazis and we're going after another religious artifact, you know, as... So that that's similar to Raiders, and we're bringing back Sala and Brody. So it's definitely more akin to that one, and probably intentionally so, because there are complaints of Temple of Doom being so dark. I just think it, it loses a more unique feel that it could have had, that Temple of Doom had coming off of Raiders, whereas I, I the, the repeat aspect of, of this movie, I think, brings it down a bit to me. I think that's why all the things that work about, you know, these other movies that I love, they, they still work here. They're just, it's like my... Its effect on me is a bit more muted, cause it's it, it feels like leftovers, you know, in a sense that like you know it's leftovers of an amazing meal, so it still tastes great, you know, so you can still heat it up and it'll taste really good, but that's still what this what this movie kind of feels like to me compared to the other two, but having said that, I don't want to come off negative, cause like I said, four out of five, still really good, 
love all these other aspects, like love the, all these aspects that we've already been talking about. Obviously, all the ingredients are still here for it to be a great action movie with Harrison Ford as one of the best movie characters of all time, and he's one of the best movie stars of all time. And then, like Corey said with the John Williams music, and Steven Spielberg is still behind the camera, and he handles things well. All these aspects combined for it to be still a really fun adventure movie. So, four out of five. And on to the post credit scene. You're still here. It's over. Go home. So, next week, you know, we've brought it up. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, everyone's favorite. It's coming up. We're going to talk about, you know, nuke fridges and uh, fire ants and... Shia oh LaBeouf uh, and swinging from vines. He was swinging from yeah. vines in that movie. Yeah. And of course, uh, E.T. makes an appearance, but in that sense, I mean extraterrestrials, not the actual character E.T. That sounds like it's going to be a great movie. Doesn't it? Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Corey, <laughs> sounds like a lot you, of fun. I'm I'm just curious. Can you remember the last time you watched Crystal Skull? No. Was it 2007? Okay, I, fair enough. I, I could not tell you. I have no idea. Zero clue. None. Okay, so, it, uh, well, I was just asking to see, like, if it's been a really long time. I, I It definitely has been. I do remember, I remember, like, towards, like, the last scene, I believe, like, close to the last scene, and I I forgot the nuke scene. Or the, uh, the nuke fridge? Yeah, but I remember that now. I that that's pretty silly. <laughs> I, I, I All right, let's save happened. it. Let's save it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, did I watch anything? No, but I am gonna watch BlackBerry. The oh, Blackberry I'm excited movie. to watch that. Where where is that oh, streaming somewhere? The, uh, it's it's for rent on Amazon Prime, but I I'm gonna rent it. You know why? For how much? Glenn Howerton told me to go and pay to watch the movie. And I, I feel like I need to now. So I think it's like six bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That ain't bad at I, all. I, it's worth it to me. I would have seen it in theaters. I couldn't find anywhere to watch it in theaters. Oh, I feel like that's just one of those movies you had to go see at like the Alamo Draft House or something like that. You know, limited screen. Hey, no free plugs. I, I, no free plugs. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I have no idea. Yeah. I, it, it's a movie that I definitely plan on watching and I definitely want to see. I saw Fast X also got added to rent at home, which, you know, I still kind of want to see it in theaters. I've been catching up all the fucking way. I just, I just finally watched Fate of the Furious, the eighth one. That was better than I remembered. That was, that's a fun movie. It's the first one without Brian, which hurts, but you know, The Rock is still in it. And I think that's kind of the big thing that nine was lacking in my opinion. But The Rock? I'm, yeah, that's, without, it's like we don't have Brian or Hobbs now. So we're just down to like, you know, Dom. And Letty, which is like, you know, I like Dom and Letty, but like we're, we're losing key members had, of the dynamic here. That one had John Cena, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sure did. Sure did. Um, <laughs> uh, that's going to be an exhausting series. I don't even know how we will eventually tackle that one if we do. But I think it's going to go well, to time travel in this one because they went to space. So now it's time. They travel sure time. did. Well, they talked about um, crossing over with Jurassic Park at one point, too. So that's... Uh, well, it's I'm glad that we're wild. doing that when both series when I'm glad that they're doing that when both franchises are, you know, both at their creative peaks. You know, <laughs> they're definitely hitting it while the iron's hot. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think I watched too much notably this week besides Fate of the Furious uh, again, which again was a rewatch. I guess the new episodes of Always Sunny came out. I thought the first one was pretty funny, called The Gang Inflates. The second one was fine. I I, I was I was moderately was I I enjoyed it fine enough. I haven't what watched the third the episode yet. Uh, it's called Frank, Frank Shoots Every Member of the Gang. <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the the, the, the the plot device of them trying to get the gun from Frank is is a funny story idea. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a good bit. I, I don't have much much else. Uh, I think that'll. Uh, it was, Cole, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Uh, watched Always Sunny, uh, Mayans MC. If you've ever seen uh, Sons of Anarchy, it's the uh, spinoff to that. It's in the fifth and final season, so they're wrapping it up. I really like it. Um, it's definitely different from Sons of Anarchy, but I, I like it in the way that it kind of tackles this this story in a different way than I've seen before. Um, 
but I've also started reading or picking back up into the Sandman comics. Yes. Yes. I've I've read uh volumes four and five. Big fan of four. Huge fan of four. Five, you know, was okay. Five was one Just of the weaker the, ones. Five was Game of View, right? Yeah, definitely a very disjointed story, but four season of the Four is awesome. Um, just that's probably going to be next season of the show. I think that would God. make sense for that to be the next season of the show. Yeah, uh, it's basically about Dream getting the key to hell and all these gods coming to him, basically pitching why they should receive the key to hell. It's just an awesome concept. I'm on six of that. Hopefully, I'll finish them within like a week or two. Oh, wow. Man, you're an efficient reader. All right. Um, okay, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Get a Load of This Movie uh, next weekend. Thank you for listening. Give us positive reviews and whatnot. And this is our Father's Day episode. Well, we recorded it on Father's Day. Yeah. That is true. Happy so Father's thank, Day. Thank you to all the daddies out there. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> Harrison Ford is daddy. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay.